Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. And welcome to another beautifully broken podcast. My name is Lori, and um, I'm your host today. Just me, all alone. I hope you have um, maybe some special Valentine's Day um, things happening tonight. And um, well, if not, you're not alone. You're in good company with me, but that's okay. That is okay. <laughs> so uh, I, anyways, I hope you all are well. I, uh, I've i had a week. So if you follow me on Instagram, you will see that, yeah, we've had a very sad week. I lost my schnauzer um, this past week. And um, it was very traumatic. And um, yeah, he was, he was 10. And he, I called him my little grief dog. Um, he just was by my side through all my grieving for the last eight years. And um, he dried many a tear of mine. And so Sebastian, yeah, we miss him. But um, even though I am sad that I don't have my little Sebby boy anymore, and I may be totally theologically incorrect in this, but you can't change my mind on this. I'm sorry. It's not up for debate. I will just happily agree to disagree with you. I think all dogs go to heaven. I think all dogs go to heaven. And I feel like I have backup to prove it. Um. So I know that dogs don't have souls. They can't know that Jesus died for them. They can't ask to be, you know, forgiven and they can't accept Jesus into their hearts. However, I will make the bold statement that when we hear about heaven talked in um the prophecies and in Revelation, Daniel, Ezekiel, you know, it talks about animals in heaven, you know, how the lion lays down with the lamb and the boy will lead the lion and there'll be, you know, peace in heaven. Okay. If there are jungle animals and pasture animals, how can man's best friend not be included in that? I'm sorry. My dogs are all there. They're waiting for me. I don't know where your dogs are, um, but I just feel like my dogs are in heaven. And I, I've also um, told God to let Greg know that, um, you know, while we do share some of these dogs, um, you know, he, he, he can enjoy them now. But when I get there, they're mine for the rest of eternity. Like, you know, this is how it works. They're my dogs. So anyways, um, I hope you all are doing well. And um, the reason I think why I am just so focused on heaven is because my mom, my sweet mom, who I wrote a book with, um, and we did, she podcast with me all of season two. All of last year, we podcast through our Surviving Widowhood book. And, um, anyways, this Christmas, you know, is always like, what do you want? What do you want? And, um, you know, one thing about like living alone is that, you know, I just, when I 
want something, I I get it. Now, obviously, um, I don't get like the BMW that I want, but you know, like books and things like that. I just go ahead and get it. I don't have to wait for anybody to, you know, buy it for me. So anyways, I, I love books. I'm a reader. I, I love reading. I, um, I especially love romance stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure you're all surprised by that. Um, I love a good fairy tale retelling. I'm sure you're all surprised. <laughs> and and actually, I love a good scary book. I, I enjoy a scary book. Um, and again, that goes right along with, I, I have another podcast that I haven't done in quite a while um, that I was doing with my friend called um, Crimes, Conspiracy, and Cohorts. It was so fun. But yeah, I'm a true true crime junkie. So anyways, um, I love books. And she got me a book this year that I have so enjoyed. I bet you'll never guess what the topic is on. Heaven, how did you guess? That's right, it's on heaven. And it's a book called We Shall See God, and it's um, like a little devotional book. So like you can do one a day as a devotion. That's what I've been doing. And it's messages from Charles Spurgeon. Now, if you don't know who Charles Spurgeon is, let me read to you here a little quick history of him. Charles Spurgeon was born in Essex, England on June 19th, 1834, and he died in London, a London, a preacher. So he, he did meet the Lord and he became a preacher. He died January 31st, 1892. But I don't know if you've ever heard any quotes from him, any of his messages. Um, He was a powerful, powerful speaker. And I love it. Um, In this book, it explains how he came to know the Lord. He was, um, there was a snowstorm where he was at, and the only place open for him to find shelter was a Methodist church that happened to be meeting. (laughs) And he heard... Um, that Jesus saves and he got saved that night and it changed his life. And this, he was um, just a powerful preacher uh, who was a pastor of a church and he spoke to thousands, like tens of thousands. And this is before like microphones and amplifiers and things like that. Um, But I think also because of all of everything and when he was living, he, he had, um, some health issues and was in pain, I think the last part of his life, but his outlook on life and heaven, you can just, when you're reading it, you can just feel the joy that he had in looking forward to what lays ahead for those of us who know and love Jesus and listen to some of these chapters. Um, or I guess little devotionals, um, dying is but going home in the father's house, groaning for perfection, seeing what we've always longed to see, longing for a resurrection bodies. Will I be myself in heaven? The joy of eternal life, falling asleep, seeing our loved ones in the morning. I mean, it just, how awesome are those words? Like, And then this one particular uh, devotional, it talks about the joy of eternal life. 
I have a child or have a child who used to, I'm not sure how they feel, but they were afraid of the thought of heaven. Have that, has that ever happened to you? Because I feel like I could totally identify with that. And also the thought of like living forever, like that's kind of a brain trippy kind of thing. Our infinite or our finite minds cannot comprehend the magnitude of infinity. You know, it's just too much to handle. Um, but I could so relate to my child. And I forget which one it was. Um, just the thought of like, what are we going to do for eternity? Like, <laughs> you know, and what is heaven going to be like? Is it like robes and angels and we're just going to, what, praise God the whole time? Like, you know, to a child and even to us adults, that sounds kind of boring maybe after a while. Um, and I'm sorry for those of you who are, um, way more spiritual than me and think that praising God forever sounds wonderful. Like, yes, I'm all about praising God, but the thought of it that it's just eternally like that, you just kind of wonder, is that enough? But I love in, in Spurgeon's book, and I should say, it's not just Spurgeon. Um, there's a man named Randy Alcorn who took these excerpts from Spurgeon's message and put them in here. And then he writes a little bit um, after each message to just kind of put it into, you know, 2024 language so we can kind of understand what Spurgeon was saying. But here's what Spurgeon says about this Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob have long been enjoying happiness and shall enjoy it throughout eternity. He, God, would have not spoken as he did if the visible were all that there was and no future to counterbalance the tribulations of this mortal life. God is not the God of the short-lived who are speedily dead, but he is the living God of an immortal race whose presence, whose present is but a dark passage into a bright future, which can never end. Now think about that. We do we go to church and just sing praises the whole time? Like, is that just our life? No, there's so much more to this life. You know, there's opportunities, and you know, there's Disneyland, right? I mean, my kids and I have such fond memories of Disneyland and all the fun stuff time that we had there. I think what Spurgeon's trying to say is. And throughout this whole book, this is what I'm getting, is that we cannot even comprehend heaven. Like God, you realize God made this earth. And what did he say about it? He said it was good, right? That was the garden. That was when he made it. But then sin entered. And we don't live in the same world that God created. That world was good. This world has evil in it. And yes, it may look a lot similar, but it's it's very different from how God initially created the earth. And I think that when you think about God and how creative he is, he created us in his image. And no matter what we look like, the color of our skin, the color of our hair, everything about Each one of us, each individual, 
each culture, each, you know, male and female, there is something about each of us that was created in God's image. We are all like him. Isn't that fascinating? I mean, it's just beautiful. And I think that God, he's creative on this earth. Think about how much more creative he's going to be in heaven. You know, the the fun days, the roller coaster rides that we ride, and we think we're having such a great time, that pales in comparison to what heaven's going to be like. And I don't know if there's roller coasters. I'm not saying there's roller coasters, but there is something adjacent to that kind of feeling where like you can, there's just fun. There's going to be fun. You realize that, right? Heaven is gain. It's it's going to be a place where we just cannot even believe the kind of things that we're going to get to do. And yes, there will be praising God and it's going to be awesome. How magnificent to be able to stand in front of Jesus and to praise him for all he's done for us. Um, I just love it. And um, Randy Alcorn says that since in heaven we'll finally experience life at its best, it would be more accurate to call our present existence the before life rather than to call what follows the afterlife. People, we are living in the before life. Yeah, I mean, the afterlife, what does that conjure in your mind? Like, you know, I don't know. (laughs) Like the afterlife, it's death and whatever. No, we're living in the dying part of it. We're living in the before life. Life, life as we've never experienced it begins after we leave this earth. And just as my child feared heaven, Randy Alcorn talks about this this woman who watched one of or read one of his novels called Deadline, wrote to him and said, I've been a Christian since I was five. I'm married to a youth pastor when I was seven. A teacher at my Christian school told me that when I got to heaven, I wouldn't know anyone or anything from earth. I was terrified of dying. I was never told any different by anyone. It's been really hard for me to advance in my Christian walk because of this fear of heaven and eternal life. I mean, she... He says, let this sink in, the fear of heaven and eternal life. So I'll be honest, I haven't read his novel, Deadline, but I, you know, enjoying reading this book so, so much and seeing heaven in such a different light. And so his book must have changed her mind on that too. But he goes on to say, and this is so good, I believe there's one central explanation why so many of God's children have such a vague negative and uninspired view of heaven, the work of Satan. And he goes on to talk about that Satan targets three main areas in which to slander the person, God's person, God's people, and God's place, namely heaven. And isn't that so true? You know, we, we don't know a ton about heaven. We're not told a lot um, we're told it's gain. And I, I've wrestled with that before. How can heaven be gain? Because it feels like all I know on this earth is loss. But heaven is gain. 
And what's a, what awaits us is so amazing. Our loved ones are there. Our dogs are clearly there. <laughs> I mean, there's, you know, there's going to be streets of gold and, and mansions that Jesus has been building for 2,000 years. And, you know, all the Bible characters that we'll get to meet and be introduced to. There'll be feasts. And obviously, most importantly, Jesus is going to be there. And we, we will get to worship Him. But we're going to have jobs, y'all. We're going to have things to do. This is, you know, I, I think we just have such a misunderstanding of what awaits for those of us who love Jesus. And we're called to share our faith and how sad it is that we're like, hey, um, let me share this faith about the fact that you can go to heaven to this place that maybe we're really not excited about going to. Can I encourage you? Like, spend some time thinking about heaven. And I would also encourage you, get this book. Oh my goodness. Like, it has just been so, so good. I love Charles Spurgeon. I love him. You know, it's old English a little bit. So I'm very happy that Randy Alcorn takes the time to kind of explain it in modern language. But this has just been such a wonderful book, so comforting, especially to those of us who have lost loved ones. Um, The fact that they are up there enjoying their best life is just heartwarming. And um, I just choose to believe they're just getting getting it warmed up for the rest of us. So anyways, I hope that today is a little bit encouraging to you to know that heaven awaits. Hey, please let me know um, on my social media, especially my Instagram. Let me know, have you had a fear of heaven? Was this something you ever thought about and thought, what am I going to do for eternity? It always makes my day when people come and comment on my post and let me know that you're listening to these podcasts. And um, guess what? This book that I'm reading, it's not the only book I'm reading. So I have some great tips for um, those of you who might have some children that you're praying for. So join me next week and we'll talk about what I've learned from that. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for those of people who are listening to my podcast, God, I I just so appreciate them. And thank you for showing me just how awesome heaven's going to be. Lord, I can't wait. Thank you that our loved ones are there and that you are there, God, most of all. Lord, thank you that you came, that you died for us, Lord, and that you rose again so that we could be in heaven with you. And I pray that uh, this next week, we would just bring honor and glory to your name. We pray all these things in your name. Amen. Have a great week, everyone. See you next week.